Let's talk about something positive for a change, or maybe at least something different than politics for one segment. You know, as you know, I like to do this from time to time. I talk about things like meditation and a lot of the spiritual stuff. I'm much better at that stuff than I am at politics. I also try to talk about money from time to time because I'm really trying to get, uh, I'm really trying to become more financially literate. I'm certainly trying to generate revenue and make a good second career out of podcasting and writing and hopefully performing and the other things that I'd like to do. But I'm also trying to become financially literate. I never really learned about money in school. Did you? All through elementary school and then to middle school and high school, I never learned how to properly handle and manage money. And then as a freshman in college, I was an Asian studies major, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything I do now or anything I've ever done in my careers. But still, I've, I never learned to be very financially literate. And, you know, no no um, ding on my family, but my dad worked. He's, you know, he's retired. He's getting older now. He was a blue-collar guy. He was a working man all his life. My mom almost always worked at some job doing many different things throughout the course of my life. We were middle class, you know, in, on the economic structure, we were a middle class family. And, you know, we really didn't know, you know, my parents never traded in stocks and bonds and they weren't investors and they just, they, you know, they knew it at a tertiary knowledge, but not knowledge and that was never passed down to me. And that's not an excuse for being ignorant to things financial. Therefore, over the last couple of years, I've been making a concerted effort to educate myself. And now that I'm podcasting, unfortunately, the process of my edu of educating myself extends to my podcast, and I'm hoping to educate myself while sharing my experiences with you. So let's talk a little bit about cryptocurrency. I've been reading up on this over the last couple of days. If you're paying attention to any of it, Bitcoin is all the rage now. The value of Bitcoin went from $1,000 in the beginning of the year to $17,000. Now, if I only knew, right? If you only knew, right? If we all invested like $10,000 in Bitcoin. Not that I had that, but still, can you imagine? So in essence, to go backwards, to break it down, one Bitcoin at the beginning of the year was about $1,000. And now one Bitcoin is $17,000. $17, so what is Bitcoin? According to an article I found on CNN Tech, not CNN Money, of all things, Bitcoin is a new currency, or a newer currency, I should say. It was created in 2009 by an unknown guy or girl. He was using the alias of, let me read it to you, Satoshi Nakamoto. Now, there are many things interesting about Bitcoin, but one thing is there are no middlemen when it comes to Bitcoin. There are no banks. Right, if you want dollars or pounds or any other what they call fiat currency, you have to like use a bank. Like you can't just go on the internet and get a dollar. You have to go to the bank to get your dollar and put your dollars in your bank. Your paychecks go into your bank, etc. I mean, technically you still have to go somewhere. I mean you can't just pull it out of the ether. And by the way, ether is another cryptocurrency, but we'll talk about that another day once I sort of understand it. So online, they have these Bitcoin exchanges. That's where you can buy or sell Bitcoins, and you would buy them with your, with what they call, again, fiat currency, with like your dollars. A big one, or I think the biggest one, is called Coinbase. But remember, there's still no middleman. It's confusing, I know. 
So how do these bitcoins come around? How does Coinbase get them? They're mined. Not mine, like as in me, but mined as in like mining for coal. But not really. According to the CNN article, people compete to mine these bitcoins and they use their computers and to solve these complex math puzzles and that's how they're created and once they're created they can these people compete and a winner is rewarded 12.5 bitcoins every 10 minutes it's a pretty lucrative competition when you consider the idea of what you know bitcoins are worth right now one coin worth $17,000 so imagine if you get 12.5 of those just saying and full disclosure, I'm not even sure if that uh, competition reward is still accurate. There's no date on the CNN article, and I have to do more research. Now, what do you do with your Bitcoin? Well, you can use it as an investment, as we had already talked about. Uh, that's what all the hype is about right now. The people who bought a lot of Bitcoin for nothing when it first started out are really wealthy right now. And their predictions for where Bitcoin is going is all over the place. Some, you know, right now we're at 17,000. I heard one, I was listening to CNBC yesterday and some analyst, I really don't know who he was, was suggesting that, you know, Bitcoin may hit 100,000 and then he believes it's going to just go right down to zero. It's going to crash. It's a Bitcoin bubble. But irrespective, investing is one thing you can do with Bitcoin now. You can buy some stuff with Bitcoin, like not a lot, but you can still use it to buy some things online. CNN talks about a cryptomatic watch. It's a Japanese watch that's only sold in Bitcoin. It averages like from 819 to $849 right now, but you can't buy it with dollars. You can only buy it with Bitcoin. You can do some Expedia transactions on Bitcoin. The article talks about being able to uh, pay for a week-long vacation stay in the Bahamas. But you're going to also have fees that you might not necessarily have without Bitcoin, at least for the Bahama trip. Well, with every trip, because the Bitcoin you pay for the transactions. And I, in, in the article, it said that the fee is going to be around $14 for the Bahama trip. Oh, quick correction. It's not a CNN article. It's a CNBC article. Sorry about that. It's a handmade soap that comes from California that has the Bitcoin logo on it. The soap is really worth $4.69, but you still are going to have your $14.17 Bitcoin, Bitcoin transaction fee. It's probably not the best investment in soap. You can buy a 30-day emergency ration of food, and you can buy an Uber gift card. If you're interested in reading more about this stuff, check out the article, Google the Bitcoin Holiday Gift Guide, including diamond earrings, travel, and soap. I didn't mention the diamond earrings. And it's uh, CNBC.com. Okay, now back to the information from the CNN article. That's where I got mixed up. I was bouncing back and forth. So let's say you get these Bitcoins. You like want to buy your stuff. You know you know what you want to buy, but what are you gonna, like? where do you put these Bitcoins since they're not in a bank and you can't take them out and put them in your wallet? What do you do? The Bitcoins are stored or kept in, of course, a digital wallet. And that exists in the cloud or it exists on a computer. The article calls it, and I quote, quote, the wallet is kind of a virtual bank account that allows users to send or receive Bitcoins, pay for goods, or save their money. Unlike bank accounts, Bitcoin wallets are not insured by the FDIC, end quote. So you get used. the exchange some get, somehow, somehow gets hacked or goes down or goes out of business, your Bitcoin goes away, plain and simple. And there's complete anonymity when you're buying Bitcoin, which could, you know, lead to some shady behavior. 
Each Bitcoin transaction is recorded in a public log. You buy it, you sell it, you buy something else. But the names of the buyers and the names of the sellers, nobody ever knows who they are. Only this long bunch of digits, that's their wallet, that is their wallet ID, that's all that anybody can see. The transactions stay private, but you can see how it could like lead to some shady behavior. You know, drug dealers, people doing, you know, kind of unpleasant things. That could happen. I wonder if any of a Paul Manafort's transactions were in Bitcoin. Interesting. If they were, I'm sure it was reported, but I'm sure I just sort of jumped over it. But I'm going to look into that. Like, just go through the news. It's got to be there. Now, if you want to read the tech article, the CNN tech article about what is Bitcoin, it's an easy read. And it really clarifies it much better than I did. Just Google what is Bitcoin and it's at money.cnn.com. Somewhere you'll find it there. And we're definitely going to talk about more of this at different times. We're going to talk about blockchains. I'm starting to kind of understand what they are, but we'll get into it in some other segment at some time. Even if you or I or nobody we know is ever going to invest in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies, or maybe we will someday, who knows, or maybe we'll be using them, or maybe that'll become currency of use someday. It's still, I think it's still good to know about it. And this is some, this is a, a, a currency or a financial matter that we can, we can be ahead of the curve. We can actually know what's happening before it's happened. Sounds good. Thanks for stopping by. Oh, and by the way, all that noise that you're hearing in the background, this is a very low-tech operation. I podcast through my phone. My two-and-a-half-year-old son is upstairs with my in-laws running around and screaming and laughing, and I don't know what they're doing, but that's the noise that you hear throughout this entire podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Again.